Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the NSL's podcast. And we've been live, Franny, three times this week. You know what I mean? People think we're going to go full times of this stuff. <laughs> nah. But I'm joined, I'm, I'm joined by my deadly duo partner, but is that Hustler Jackinson? Where's Anthony Deck? Here we are. How are you, Franny? All good, mate. All good. Yourself? I'm fine, man. If you see the green stuff behind me, like in the background, I have the Italy and England game on here, but just to kind of keep an eye on someone, I kind of re repeated the Euros, but if England go one that up, it's getting switched off. Like, <laughs> you, know, you know how it is. But Ryan Kelly's in already, first in for Freddie, Phil McGinley, Paul Dad as well. So it's waving to everyone who's watched along this early. And Franny, I mean, yesterday we were off the back of the show with Dumb Tony McLaughlin, kind of the first time ever done something like that as a channel, stat strap, and kind of just go in depth in some games and, and that type of thing, expect the goals, all that. But we kind of tail, tail away from that. It was a great episode. We'll go back into normal Celtic news. And as much as it has I been a slow Stephen, week... I've no actually caught up the programme yet. You'll get asked me no, about. no. I'm not going to start the word. But, I mean, as as much as it's been a kind of a slow burner in terms of football news and that, and because of the, the international break, I think we both know our views on it, even though, <laughs> kind of hypocritically, we're going to touch upon the Scotland game last night later on in the show. But, I mean, or the, 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 in the week there. But coming to yourself, Anz is in Sydney and... By all accounts, this homecoming tour is going to be a big, massive thing over there. And we're playing Everton, and uh, as it's republished now in the Celtic Twitter pages, as the bigger and better homecoming instead of the, the backup act over across mm. the road. Do you think it's a, a good thing the more and more you see of it, the more you hear of it? Uh, I mean, as, as a good thing, Stephen, it's a smart move for Celtic. I think we've even said in the past we, we think it will happen, they'll go to Japan soon as well. It would be silly not to let's let's not kill ourselves football's a business now it's all about branching out to different markets and yeah Angie's obviously like we said he's done a great job so far at KFC shot that's twice I've used that joke you use that offer you use that offer it doesn't wash well now doesn't it? I'm on the I'm on the wing the posh wing out of the box you get for about eight quid love it well as you were saying uh uh, so obviously the fact that he's done such a good job, it, it's it'd be silly not to go over to Australia. Use obviously they're using round about the, the time when the World Cup's on to go over there, and the fact that it's on the back of winning the league and League Cup double, so far so good this season. Apart from obviously Saint Mirren last week, but he's on a good a good run and stuff. So it's it's an intelligent bit of business for Celtic and. Like Ansa said in the past, at least he knows he's in a job until November, at least anyway. So, uh, it's, it's, I think from a business point of view, as much as that might annoy football as that these days, and I think for a commercial side, it, it makes absolute total sense. I mean, without the contract, the long term contract, at least he knows he's bankered for this Australian tour, like, regardless <laughs> of, of uh, what happens. He has to this, be there for that. It's a bump up para kill. Just for it, just to, keep <laughs> <it>. <laughs> to replace him, take him, put him in. Uh, no, he's but I mean, back up. one thing I'm looking, one thing I'm looking forward to is, I mean, if you've seen the the DVD they're releasing, it looks incredible. Although oh, like I don't get what. Aye, that's all. Like, if anyone wants to get me a gift, get me that. I'll appreciate that. But it it does look brilliant, even though it's not even on the. Do you know what I mean? Online or all or nothing type thing. I would love to see something like that from Sally, but. One thing post the call we've seen they kind of skip at the minute, Franny, and that's speculation over his job. Even go back for a homecoming to Australia. The, the first interviews I've seen was him getting questioned. And one of the reporters were being a bit sarcastic, being like, you might not even be here in November when this game comes uh-huh. around and Leicester City are barking up your tree. And I've seen a lot of that on Twitter about the Leicester thing. I think it's BBC apparently took it from a tweet 
and then they reworded the tweet and stuck it on top of a headline and created this false kind of narrative around the whole Posta Coglu and Leicester thing. And we lost, obviously, Brendan Rodgers to that. But for me, I'm much more along the line to Chris Sutton. And I, I don't care. Like, it's, it's true. Celtic are a bigger club than Leicester could only dream of. Bigger fan base. Why, why would he kind of downgrade to go to their final relegation battle and potentially go into the championship? It's just one of them ones that's a non-starter, isn't it? I, I believe so. I mean, we've said it in the past that obviously you hear the way... Uh, oh, hi. Happy birthday to Ross. We forgot about saying that. I know. <laughs> why did we not say that? so bad of us, isn't it? Happy birthday, <laughs> Ross. <laughs> I'm pulling us up a bit. <laughs> um, I, but um, but what was I going to say? Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't see anything in the Leicester move. Like you say, it's uh, the media's kind of spun the wording to suit how they want to get a wee bit of clickbait suit, suit their their sort of uh, their argument, their side of the story. But we've said it in the past. Poster Coglu's said that he's not got to convince folk to to stay at Celtic. He's not got to convince folk to be here. So if he is going with that kind of mantra, it would not make sense. I mean, obviously we're looking ahead, looking ahead maybe at the end of the season. It's a different argument. You're at the end of the season, but I don't see them doing what Brendan Rodgers done and leaving during during a campaign, especially when we're in the Champions League. We're dining at the top table. Leicester, they've got a great owner who backs the club. He's, he's not really backed uh, Rodgers this season. Well, one but, sign, I think they've had. I know, and uh, it's but I just I, I, I don't see it happening. They're, they're not in a great place right now, Leicester. Would they would say he does go down? Like, I've played it speaking, playing devil's advocate. I feel like if he did go there, would they possibly come for players in January? Maybe I, I would I would expect that most managers do, but I, uh, Stephen, that during a campaign, I don't see Postacoglu leaving. Yeah, hundred percent. And here, this is commitment. By the way, really says Hello from Cancun. Last two days, just telling at the point by listening. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh-huh. But I mean, the way I look at it, while I lean on my lovely wine box because it's actually <laughs> a nice wee armrest. But Postacoglu to me doesn't have the likes of money. Doesn't really excite him. I don't think nah. he's not. He's not all like self-deprecated like Brendan Rodgers is kind of up on himself, and he. He wanted to always move back down south, even though when he always says in interviews, something was his dream job. Well, yes, it could have been, but his, his aim always was to get back down the road to a club, uh, as whatever Ross, it may be. The stars aligned for Brendan Rodgers. We needed we needed a Rodgers, and Rodgers needed a Celtic at the time. We needed a way yeah. back in. We, it would yeah. be silly not to think that he was going to go back to the Premiership at, at some point. Guy's a, guy's a top, top manager. He's an elite manager. He's never got to hang about at Celtic for ages. And that, I mean... That's kind of going against my argument, a a possible. So I believe he's an elite manager, but I think you can tell just the way both of them talk. Like Rogers, obviously, he's got an elite mentality where he wants big player wants wants big players and that tries to sign the best. But if whereas Postecoglou, I think it's the type of player Postecoglou is trying to sign. We always say it's you've obviously got to have ability, but he's trying to sign the, the person as well. I just I, yeah. I think there's the the character of both managers is. Quite funny and using that word. It was a word that Brendan Rogers liked using a lot. But uh, I think think they're two different styles of a person, and I'm more, oh, I'm, more I'm more comfortable with spe- speculation round about Postal Coglin than I would be with Brendan Rogers. Imagine a, a twist of fate where Rogers does a swap deal with 
Og Foster Coblin er en fucking John Martin College. I mean, I mean, I would probably take it, but I mean, I won't. Hey, no, you would. You would not take him over Foster Coblin. No, not over Foster Coblin. No, no, no. But if Foster Coblin was like, right, I'm away, and Brendan was like, well, I'll come back, it's... It would it would help soften the blow, but it's not if it's one or the other on Poster Coglo every day of the week and twice on a Sunday, Stephen. See, that's quite interesting. I, I wouldn't have Rogers about me again. I just thought he was so so fake and there's always that famous meme about him about the uh, Danny McGrain story. Do you ever see uh, that? He, he, uh, I was at that I was at the event in the waterfront where yeah. he was doing the book the book thing with Eamon Holmes and he said that. And I was uh, like, Wow, that's that's amazing. But then obviously uh, it's a load of shit. It uh, uh, that's uh, a load of crap like so right? but I think Postacoglu for me, he's more real. And I think you're 100. Like, percent They're different characters, they're different personalities. And if Postacoglu didn't want to be there, I've always said this, he wouldn't be there for himself. It nah, would actually affect think. him and affect the team. And then Alistair Tack, uh, Foxes are fucked. Uh, FFP, they're going down as well. So in terms of financial fair play, that's a, a big thing that's kind of crippling okay. the bigger clubs in England in terms of what they can spend. But we'll kind of move on from that speculation. And in, in, in one of the interviews. He did confirm that he's already planning for January transfer window in case some of the players do leave. I think he said incident the squad in case some of our players have took off our hands. Obviously, after the World Cup, you get Lexi Ranovic, Mieda, Kayogu playing in games as well. And it's good to hear that. It's good to hear we're actually future-proofing the club instead of kind of being a, a reactive team. Now we're being proactive and getting into these windows, knowing what their targets are, knowing who we need to go after. Much like last January when we got Hatate, Kayogu, Edaguchi, and Manorellian through the door pretty quickly, and that helped us kind of mm. move on throughout that season and, and win the League and Cup double. But the, the way I look at it as well, it also confirms in my mind he's not thinking about leaving. It's kind of a bit of a blanket as well, kind of being like yeah. he's not going. And the fact that Mark Lowell, who who he's mentioned loads of times since he came in, they know how to work together. But if we had to look at it, what players had come to you, Franny, that could be the most under threat to leave the club if that was to happen in January? Uh, well, I think maybe Matt O'Reilly will be safe because he's, he's still just lingering in the under twenty ones with Denmark. I think it's maybe I think there's only like two international two international games really before the World Cup. So, <laughs> um, it would be a lot for. I think Matt O'Reilly needs to do a lot to break into the Denmark squad. So I'm I'm fairly comfortable with him. The now. I I would say, like. I would say Hatati's Hatati and Juranovic are up there, got to be up there. Even mm-hmm. but I don't believe Hatati gets a lot of game time with Japan. But I, th- I would say they two stick out for me more just because O'Reilly. I don't think it's not that I think he's a bad player. I just players will get judged on obviously how we do in the Champions League or well, the group mm-hmm. stages of the Champions League will be done by the World Cup. Then if players going to have a good World Cup, it's it, it's going to be hard, it might be hard in January to keep a hold of some of these players who might jump at the chance, but I would probably say Juranovic is the main one, simply because as I say, I don't think O'Reilly's got to get into the, the Denmark squad, and Hatate, I think it's more a culture thing with like, the Japanese boys and that, they never seem to angle for moves away, like I can always remember Nakamura was never desperate to get away when he was flying yeah. and stuff, and Kyogo's obviously had a great debut season um, Maeda's had a great sort of a nearly year here and Hatati's been flying as well and they, they don't seem the type of characters and it doesn't seem to be in their makeup 
I mean, a badder. It's always it's never great when somebody changes their their agent and stuff, eh? But that was a strange move. That was a strange move. I, again, it's I would be more worried if it was during a window. I appreciate you can sign anybody outside a window, but it's it's one of them. It's it's never great. It's, it adds to the speculation, I suppose, when you you change agent that people start go asking the question, well, why are you changing agent? This maybe just happens a lot without actually knowing how an old agent works and, and things like that. Players might change agents quite regular just to maybe just keep things out, fresh. Keep things fresh, fought, fell out with the previous guy or whatever. I don't know, but I, it's, I'm, I'm not a fan of football agents, but football needs them in a way. They, they benefit you, but then they they kind of go against you. But I'm I'm fairly comfortable. We'll keep most of our, like I I don't see any big star leaving in in January either, Stephen. If I'm honest with you, it, unless silly money comes in, I would say the one most at threat is simply Juranovic. Yeah, I just I'm not like obviously we keep saying about how Postecoglou signs a certain type of character, but I just think Juranovic maybe maybe out of all them would. Be be swayed to be swayed to go. And then if he, like if he's he's obviously started the season okay as well, had decent in Champions League. But if he goes and has a decent World Cup, somebody comes in with twenty odd million. That's in January. It's got to be hard to turn that down for a guy you signed for two I, and a half million eighteen months ago. Come January, I really, eighteen months anyway. I I really like don't feel to understand why people have this gripe against how much your would go for because for me. Like it doesn't help when his Croatian national boss comes out and says his place isn't under question because he's one of their star players and a team that yeah. includes like look look at Modric who's still one of the best players in world football. I think like you like, I mean if I looked at you look at the squad and I'll throw another couple in there and you get, we could chat about it as well. For me the the highest ones are Anovic by mind because the most speculation over the summer was him mm-hmm. and there was also rumours that he was talking to his agent to try and get him moves down south. I mean that's a really quick period of time to be yeah. able to one club and then move again but if he's well, doing he that Lega Poznan or something for one season as well so a leg of Warsaw I, I don't think it was there for long either no but it I mean for me like you're talking up upwards of 20 million for him he is he's brilliant and when I watch Ralston against St Mirren that for me that, that there's a big drop off mm. in terms of what they both can offer Juranovic can play midfield and left back he, he does add so much to the team and I know there's always that right back always speculating around moving to Celtic at was he Yano Quatao or something? He's Portuguese. C U A T O. Ah, uh, is that a boy from Man City or something? Yeah, uh, but he ended up. I think he's another. Yeah, he's like another. Yeah, Gronia or Gronia, whatever they're called. But I know uh, he's been linked. Girona. Girona. Say Gronia. Uh, See what Gronia. was that? Girona. That's another Schalke <laughs> moment, isn't it? Shackle. 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 You actually said that name. But Shalka. I can see. I can see that type of thing happening because you won't let the star players go without a replacement. Abada interests me because he's changed agent to the same as Ranovitz. I don't know ah. how close they are outside of football. You never, you never know, Franny. No, you never know. He, he, no, you do see them a lot. I'm not saying you see Abada, but you see the players socialising a lot on Instagram. If you follow them on Instagram, they do socialise a lot. Yeah, it doesn't help that you're stalking the pages 24-7, but here. <laughs> and then, that my boss will be... Also, be asking questions. I think this is a great point as well. I want to get your opinion on this. If we get any money off it for Turnbull, Turnbull snatch it. I, I mean, 
I, I like him. The money. I, I like was, him as well. Alistair Jack backs it up as well. But we have to admit, the start of this season has not been great. So if you're talking eight to ten million, you'd take it. I reckon I would, but equally, I don't want to keep players for the the home homegrown thing. But we need to consider that, and he's not a bad player. Tumble is a really, really good footballer, and but then he's maybe looking at it. I don't. He's maybe looking at going. Matt O'Reilly's keeping him out of the team. Mm-hmm. I am second choice. Well, I know as kind of second choice in that position. See, so maybe got to look at and go well. I can maybe go down and be first choice somewhere. Like, look at Ryan Christie. He's doing doing decent down at Bournemouth and things like that. Tumble could maybe look at and go well. Could go down and play in the Premiership. And it's the thing we, as much as it maybe we hate to say it, but a lot of British players, it's it's kind of like the pinnacle for them to go down and play in the Premiership. It's where they want to be. Uh, so, and I don't know if Tumble and Christie are Celtic sports, so it's. If they're not actually sales supporters, it might be easier to move down there. Oh, <laughs> mother, you're See, on fire. Need get, but... Ro- get Ross back because I, I can't be taking Monty's part. Can't be just jumping <laughs> onto somebody else. Um, but I, I, I would uh, depend. Uh, Tumble's a funny one. It's I really, really like the boy. I really is like it. The is it a case though? Is it a case maybe he's through the head up a wee bit? It doesn't seem to be upsetting any, but I I don't think anybody's in really seems to be a bad egg, so to speak, or upsetting thing. But it's I don't know. I I don't know what the deal is with. I just I would. I don't. I really don't know with Tumble. Um, it, it's it sounds a lazy, stupid argument saying it depends on the money. It really does with me. It depends on the money, but I I would be inclined to keep Tumble. I, I don't know. I mean, if you go from being such a pivotal part of the team under Lenny for that, that six-month mm. spell, then Postacol comes in, you're still the main guy, you're scoring goals, although you pick up an injury. It gets to January time, Patate comes in and that's you bumped out the team. I, I don't know, maybe, if he's angling for a move and I think there has been a few comments saying he's a bit slow and I 100% agree and he does that that pivot all the time where he kind of turns. <laughs> he does It's so uh-huh. random. I do really like him as a player. I think there's potential. But he just needs to realise that and get back on his game again and do the simple things, right? Because before he could score all types of goals, he was chipping balls into the box for fun for Kyogo. That seems to be took away from him at the minute. And I want him back with confidence. I think Brown Warrior here, this is another great point. My money would be in Jack and Macus wanting to move if Anz continues to start Kyogo ahead of him in games where it's obvious he's the right type of striker needed. Now, before it comes in that one, I'll give my <laughs> two pence worth. Like we were talking last night, me and Tony McLaughlin, about the suitability for certain games for Kyogo and Jack and Magus. And we both agreed that Kyogo maybe suits European football more for his movement and stuff like that. But Jack and Magus was a, should have been a nailed on starter at Paisley, in my opinion, in terms of what he can offer. He could have held the ball up, brung others into play. And you've seen him come on against Shakhtar. He was snapping at chances and he was just snatching at them, wasn't taking his time like he usually would do, his one touch finishes. And I just don't know. If his confidence is maybe gone because he doesn't seem as sharp as he was, is it this whole rotation thing? Is it this one or the other? What would you do? Like, I would, I would be doing everything in my power to keep Jack and Marcus. To be honest with you, I, I just, I don't want. But you got to, it's, I, I nah, I don't. 
just I don't want to entertain the the thought process of Jack. Unless you're getting like you obviously don't want it to stand still. You always should be looking to improve. But equally, it's like Jack and Marcus are really really rate them going for what two and a half million turned out to be the mm. joint top goal scorer in the league. He was obviously top goal scorer in in Holland. I would suspect they may be sitting there if it comes to January time and he's not really featuring a lot and might might start asking the question because he's probably looking going, look, I was the top goal scorer in Holland and he signed me. I was the top goal scorer in the league for years and I can't really command a first uh, starting position here. What's what's going on? But then obviously we are we're winning the league, uh, like still top of the league, Kyle was banging in goals, post Holland goal. Well, it's it all depends on the sort of optics at the time and how the team's playing and things like that. But I certainly, certainly hope that we don't get rid of Jack and Marcus anytime soon. Right. Here's one on the spot, right? Now, this is a difficult question because I think you know what's coming. Your smile says it all. <laughs> I've heard play, I've heard people say after the, the summer game, maybe it was a knee jerk reaction, say Jack and Marcus is outright better than Kyogo. He offers you more. He scores more. Evidently, when he starts games, kind of goal ratio, mm-hmm. all that type of thing. Kyogo, for me, I, I love the wee guy, but just at the moment, he's not, he's not quite clicking. He, in European football, I thought it was a mistake of starting him against Shakhtar as well because I think that shoulder injury that he got in the Glasgow Derby game seems to be affecting him. And then you start him again at Paisley. Too, too big of an ass for him. What, what do you think? I mean, I, I'm probably leaning 70%. And that's a cop-out answer, but 70-30 mm-hmm. for, for Yakimakis at the moment in terms of who I have to start in games going forward. <laughs> Uh, it's it's one of them. I think one week you argue. Jump over the fence. Get over the fence. Ah, uh, I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> one week I'll argue Kawaii's case, and then the following week Jack and Marcus will do something. I'll be arguing his case. It's, it's, I don't. Uh, it's one of them. I, I think we're very fortunate. We've got two really good strikers. That as we speak, as it seems. That both seem I think that's a good point. Plays two games of the bounce against the that, I think that, I, that's, that's, I would agree that's fair comment. That is fair comment. I just think for me, the now, and it's kind of throughout the team, but specifically these two players because we're talking about them. I think everybody seems to just know, they just know the position within the team that they will get a chance. Whoever starts is probably not going to play the 90. But I certainly, it's as I say, I would one one week I'll argue Kyogo's case, one week I'll argue Jack and Max's case. But I really, really, uh, I would. I just, uh, I hope we don't get rid of. It's it's hard to say who would be the bigger loss when Kyogo starting most of the games. But I certainly wouldn't be comfortable with Jack and Max going. I think Kaiser I think, comes in. From the the fewer takeover, all right, mm-hmm. Kaiser buddy. Kyogo is a, a lock pick. Cheesy is a baron ram. You pick a lock before you bash it. You don't bash it and bring on the fine tools. Kyogo starts. <laughs> what a way to what a way to put that Kaiser. What a way, unbelievable. <laughs> there, it is it is fifty fifty. But if I'm Jack and Magnus, right, and I'm looking at my record last season, I'm a record in the Dutch league there at Easy for his club, and I, I'm getting put in sometimes, took out like the hokey pokey. Kyogo front of me started poorly in two games. I still can't get the nod to start. I would be pretty pissed off. Like I would. I, think that's I, would, I hope he. I hope he uses it in the right right manner. And 
maybe ask he's maybe asking the question and he's going look put me in next game put me in next game then just it's on him when he gets a chance to try and prove that he needs to be in there look he'd done it in January when with the when Kyogo got injured after the cup final and we were all sitting like we don't really know and look what he done we, we know the big man's got it in him oh what? Yeah, yeah I just he looks I just I really do really do like the guy I don't want to entertain the guy the thought of the guy leaving just is it the big protector of the team and that just even going back to the Glasgow Derby when I think we went off Kyogo went off you just seen like you just rolled up the sleeves in that end it's like it's coming on going right let's go let's yeah, yeah. you can build it you can, you can build the wee boys let's let's show I'll show you who's a bully and I just I, yeah. I, I don't want rid of him man I don't want rid of him I yeah, like I mean, both of them Stephen I like both of them oh, I love both of them next I love both question of them, but... Stephen <laughs> but you have to you have to kind of put yourself if you're we're talking about the, the transfer plans that Apostle Caldew spoke about, you have to wonder who he has in mind that could leave. And you never know if Jack and Magus doesn't get the game time. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting on the bench seven games in a row and I'm not getting on. Yeah. I'd be throwing the head up as well. Just go back to the comments. Brown Warrior, Jack and Magus leads the line like a traditional number nine. He's better. Um Alistair Jack, GG will start free Mullerbell. I can see that happening hundred percent. Monte, Kyle going forward is outstanding. Remember, he has two goals in the cup final. Uh, Gigi doesn't score those two goals. Again, it's another thing. And here's another question that people have asked. How could we keep another striker happy if we signed a third? That would be missing the possible, like, wouldn't it? Ah, uh, but if anybody could probably answer, because it's, as you say, we, he signs, obviously the player's got his ability, but he signs a character as well. So I think a player would be coming in knowing that he's up against um, two, good, two good players. And at the end of the day, if... Like Celtic's a massive club. We're trying to compete in the Champions League again. Postal Coggle wants to make an impact in Europe, get us back to to back to being a presence in Europe. And you've got to have umpteen good players. And you can't be coming into a club like Celtic and not expecting competition for your position. It's got to have competition. It it, it drives you on. If if you're not here and ready to fight for that position, then I don't even know. I don't even want you here. So I'd far less think uh, Poster Cogley wants you here. Monty kind of sums it up. Come and sign players who can beat St. Mirren, please. <laughs> but I think as well, like we're talking about Jack and Magus there, and another player I think I could, well, might me personally could leave among the Japanese contingent we have at the team is Inaguchi. For mm-hmm. me, he's shown a lot of promise, but injuries have broke up every chance he's got for the club. And even at the start of the season, he picked up an injury in training, and we haven't seen him anywhere near the squad. Jake, he's probably one for back to Japan, maybe for a loan move or, I don't know, European football. What do you think that's going? I think a loan move probably would suit him best for, for Celtic. Maybe both both players' point of view in the sense that, obviously, had a wee, he came over to Leeds a few years back, never worked out for him. As, it's, as it stands, he's came to Celtic and it's, it's not worked out for him either. So, maybe a loan move... Back to Japan or to another another European team, maybe just try and get him out somewhere where he's got to get regular football. Give him the confidence to say, "Look, go out and perform," and you've got a you've got a career, mm-hmm. you've got a chance here. Would I be surprised if we just got rid of him? No, because let's be honest, he's he's been a yeah. without being harsh, he's been a failure. Like appreciate injuries and things have been been mitigating factors, but they can't. I would not be comfortable. I can't see any situation where we're going. I put Edigucci in, put Edigucci in, and to start a game. Let's see what he's all about. I just, 
for me, I think a lone move for both parties might help if Celtic and Postacogo still see a future for him at Celtic, try and get him on loan where he's got to play, get a bit of confidence about him. But again, it's one I would not be surprised to if he goes and not be disappointed because he's, he's clearly because it's arguably not even on the fringes. So it's one of them. It's you're yeah. getting someday. I don't imagine he's commanding big wages, but you're getting maybe somebody that's not really got a future off off the baseball if you do sell him permanently. I mean, if if Moyes are heading in the packing order, lights out for me. Like hey, that's, son. Hey, son. that's that's, that's lights out. But I've still got Abelgard as well. Eh? It's, oh, Abelgard, hundred percent. So I want to it's clarify something good here for for uh, Hangway. What do you call him? I Anthony Dunn. Anz is leaving. Turnbull's leaving. Gigi is leaving. The international break isn't good for Steve's exactly. No. That's not what I'm saying. We are talking about Anz Postacoglu saying he's putting his plans in place for January already in case players leave. And we're merely speculating, Anthony, on yeah. who could leave. So shove it I'm up just, your arse. We're just talking, Anthony. We're trying to make something to talk about. By the way, just totally what, going way back at that, how class is Anz in Australian interviews? Like, oh, how, he's so, he's how so class is the media with him? They're not trying to yeah. trip him up. Not trying to trip him up. The simple fact is they're not pricks. That's the Aye. simple fact, they're like, I want to bring this up. The Gramblers come in. Now, this is a talk about we talk about every match we watch. What about signing another goalkeeper? Now, yeah. <coughs> Joe Hart, <coughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest here. I just did. Joe Hart, did not. for me, well, we're going to talk about it for a minute. <laughs> Joe Hart, for me, has uh, topped a bit of criticism for me personally. I thought he was at fault for the Shakhtar goal. I don't do not, I still don't understand that reaction. And one of the goals, I think it was the first. Was it the first goal when he put his fist out against mm-hmm. St. Mern? It was just a blatant, just, it was a, yeah. for me, a crap attempt to save the ball. Do you think there could be an issue there for maybe another goalie to come in and challenge Segrist and him? Nah, because I just, it seems like uh, the young boy is Awalumo, however you say his name, the young, the young English boy. Oluwami. I, I, he He's obviously involved in a lot of the squad, so. I wouldn't want to hamper his progress, and I'm surprised you're you're the youngsters and that you're trying to bring something that's got to hamster a youngsters' pro, progress, Stephen. But no, no, I just, no. I, I, I mean, it's not it's not to say he's got to be a good goalkeeper, but I, I would suspect you would give Seagrest a shout before you bring in another goalkeeper. What's what's that say to Seagrest if you're going, Joe Hart? Like. Personally, I totally disagree with what you said about Joe Hart. I'll give you, like, the second goal, I think he could do better against St. Mirren for the second goal. Was it the second uh, goal? Is that the well, one not, thinking of? No, the first one does hit off his sort of forearm, but I think the header's that close and that hard. I, I don't really think there's much no. more. I think I think no. the second goal, we can maybe come out and claim it or do more. And equally, Stephen Will should be being stronger. I think yeah. the ends didn't cover his own glory. In I think the two centre-halves didn't cover his own glory or the keeper that in that second goal. The Shakhtar one, I've, next time you're over, I'm getting a fit on blast night your face and we'll see how but you He's a goalkeeper. Right. He has to take that I, in I the face. I don't care, Stephen. I'll blitter about your face and see how you react to it. So I you're telling me... You, I just think it's instinct. Uh, I'm not denying he ducked. I'm not denying he ducked, but I think it's instinct. So he ducked, he's a goalkeeper. Wait, come right, on. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll video it for, for the viewers. We'll blast about your face and see how you react. I'll take it right in the moose if you're paying me twenty grand a yeah, week, right. no problem. Yeah, right. yeah, right. So, <laughs> so I think it's a, a unanimous, a unanimous. No, I, just, no, I don't, I, I don't see like what's that saying to Monty talks push, Monty, Monty types push. 
I don't see. I don't. I honestly don't see what that says to Seagrest if you bring in a goalkeeper. Well, it says the Seagrest bides your time, you big mess. There's another guy in the building here. No, but hundred percent. And then you and John in two years' time will be going. Oh, there's a young goalkeeper. There's another young player left. Aye, because he's fucking want another goalkeeper in. He never got a chance. Uh, Grandos come back in. Are you all wearing Stevie Wonder glasses? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's again, it's subjective, isn't it, to what you think? Me personally, I would maybe get another one in. We bit of experience that a, a keeper that can actually play with play with his feet and do all that stuff that Poster probably wants. And I, I love Joe Hart. I'm not denying that. I think he's a great keeper, but there was mistakes in this game the, the last couple of games, yeah. and that's do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's fair to call out, I think. Oh, no, I agree. I just don't agree with what you're calling it for. Well, you heard me when I'm calling them out, but we'll move on from that. Since we packed up the, the January stuff, I mean, this is probably going to lead into the Scotland stuff. And Keir Tierney, Franny was speaking in an interview and he gave Greg Taylor lots of praise. Then he actually phones him up to learn his new role at Arsenal, the inverted fullbacks, because Arteta has implemented that down there as well. Do you think that just points to how much like improvement there's been in Taylor's game and kind of the respect he's getting there among his peers in Scotland and Scottish football and even down in England uh, Well I called on Prime Maldini on fucking Friday then he went and turned on that performance on Sunday but I uh, uh, I just I think it just shows the respect he's, he's, he's getting now it shows it, 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 it obviously shows you the vast improvement but I think we've all seen that for our own eyes the vast improvement in him I know Probably while he was the same, like I know Ross was always a fan of him, even like Ross. I can vouch for him say that when we were looking at a new left back, Ross did mention Greg Taylor. But, um, I've I was never a fan, but you can't help but be a fan, almost respect the guy for how well he's he has performed, he's he's learned his role, he's, he's put the work in and stuff. Totally agree with that, by the way. <laughs> I am, I am, I am at Alistair. Um, I, like, I, I think it just shows you the respect he's got within his peers and things like that. If if Kieran Tierney's phoning him up and asking him advice on how to play that position, and it should should only give Greg Taylor confidence if he needs any more. Yeah, I think as well, like, I know he was shite against St. Byrne, we're putting the plague here, but the actual improvement in his game has been mm-hmm. tremendous. Exactly. And I know me. Me and John, we always call him out, and we we do give him we do give him stick because with Saint Burnaby in the summer, he's kind of warmed a seat in that bench, and obviously whatever's happened with him and the whole kind of issue. Oh, I might need a left back if he goes into prison. So, <laughs> but what what do you what do you think about that? Do you think like I mean, any left back they... we've we, we've got into challenge Taylor ball and goalie's done something stupid, Burnaby's done something stupid. <laughs> is it, is it, maybe, what's going on? What's going maybe, on? Maybe Taylor's up to some witchcraft or something, man. A bit like Pobga. Did he hear that <laughs> I know. Absolutely insane. Like, I know. That's mad. I, His brother was I, like in the in the game against PSD. He was witchcraft and stuff. And Bobby His brother used to play with Partick Thistle. I know. I remember him. I remember when they signed him. I was like, Pobga, what's going on? But I, 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 what, do you, what do you think just, about that situation? I don't know. Maybe Taylor's just slapping, just maybe up to dirty tricks in that with, with the left backs. But it's, it's a weird one. But it's one of them as well. I think Burnaby is still raw. He's, like I'd said that before, he's, I don't think he's even played 60 games professionally yet in his career. Obviously, the pandemic played a big part in that. But it's, there, was a, there was rumours he was nearly nearly in the Argentinian national team. 
So he must have something. I don't, I don't, I don't deny he has something. I mean, if it come back, look at Laxall, man. He was voted the best left back in the World Cup, the last World Cup, and fuck me, man. And there must have been shite left backs in that World Cup. Don't say that too loud. John will come after you. He has posters, <laughs> posters of Laxall. <laughs> but um, I don't, I don't think Burnaby's a bad player. I think. I think you might see the, the more of Burnaby and after January and things like that. I think you'll see some performances leading up to the World Cup. I could have got my bottle. I was at Buckfast Abbey during the week. I should have picked them up a bottle. It is, um, it's, it's, a, it's a weird... It's, it's like, I mean, Taylor... It's one of the said ones, it, right, right now, yeah. like, I wanted a new left-back in the summer. I was buzzing that we signed a left-back. And then you obviously you look at the don't get pretend to know who Bernabe was, but I looked at the YouTube clips and you're like, again, YouTube clips, it's a highlight reel. There's not going to be many bad ones there. And I'm like, we've got a real player in our hands. But then Greg Taylor, it, would you really be comfortable saying, right, let's give Bernabe a run, see what he's all about? Mm. I, I would be confident. I, I would like to see Bernabe play a bit more. I, I, I would like to see him play it more, but again, it's that. It'd be harsh on Taylor just to go, let's see what this guy... I can you've been playing brilliant, mate, but I just want to see what this guy's about. I spent four million on him. I need to chuck him in. But then you, you, can't say, you, can't, you can't say that and then say about Jack and Magus and Kyogo. When a Kyogo's been playing pace and Jack and Magus hasn't got a look at him. I'm no, saying merely the, the, the rotation side then, of things. If Anz, if Anz can do it on the other sides of the field, surely he can bring I, in Burnaby for two I, or three of them. I know. I, it's, that is one of them, but I, I do think this is he's not rotated Ralston and Juranovic as much. No, he did yeah. last season. But it's one of them, but I I just I would not be comfortable with Taylor dropping out the team now just to see what Burnaby's all about. I would like to see maybe more times when he's on the bench if we're up three, four, nothing. Get him in. Just game as many minutes yeah. as you can. The game's done. Just let him play with a wee bit of, wee bit of pressure off, get him up to Mark Sharpness, but uh, it's a, I don't know. It's a weird one. I think that's it's a good one. Burnaby's more of a left wing back. I, I know he can play multiple positions. He's played further forward for his club in um, Argentina in the Noose. I think they're mm-hmm. called when he came. He's seen obviously he could take people on. He had a good cross on him and he played that inverted fullback role as well, which was quite key. But it is mm-hmm. a strange one. Do you know what I mean? It's one of them ones you're going every year. Where do you think Celtic could strengthen? I left back. And they bring in a left back and they're both shit. Well, they're Bolo Goli and then. Uh, who messed up in the Burnaby? It's it's incredible what what's going on here. People are actually bringing this up. It brings me into the next point, and that is Andy Robertson thrown his name into the mix for a Celtic move. Now, I don't like this one bit. I do not like this at all. For merely the fact is, it feels to me that it's the whole. I'll come up when I finish the English Premier League for a couple of years and give them when I'm 34, 35. I know he's a Celtic fan, but again, Robbie King did the same thing. When he had the chance to come permanently, he didn't want it. I, d- I don't like the fact that people can tout, tout for moves to Celtic under no premise that we can either afford him for one, either Liverpool don't want him, or we'll get him when he's like 35 and done. I do not want that. I don't want Celtic. This is Michael Ross. And I've seen it. We're no retirement home. Uh, and Andy not- Robertson, Champions League winner, Premier League winner, fantastic, unbelievable trophy success at, at Liverpool Football Club. But you can't be saying, I'll pick and choose when I'm going to come to Celtic. It doesn't work like that. No, no, it doesn't. It, it would depend. As long as it's not... If it comes at like 30-31, I would not be against that. But 
I don't know. No, I'm I'm similar to you. I don't want him coming up when he's 34, 35, just looking for a payday essentially. Just just to say just to say, oh, I played for my boyhood club. I didn't want that. Yeah. I didn't want that. I'm sorry, mate. I've like I've got a win howling greeting, I think, and that's all I can hear. <laughs> Did he go? Did he go? I don't know. Uh, I'll go. And, I'll, go <laughs> and I'll leave the shoe and come back. You can talk to folk if you want. I know, no, hundred percent. Go ahead. No, but I'll I'll, I'll address Monday here, and you're obviously saying correct for myself. The way I'm coming across that is that I don't want Celtic to be treated as not a stepping stone because it'd be done. And then Alistair Jack, Robbie King was 28 at the time, and what I've been playing there when he got the opportunity to move to us permanently, he just he didn't want it. He just wanted that tick box against himself to say he played for his boyhood club, like Franny said before he left. But I just don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. Craig White, legend, no more pensioners. Leave that to Sevco, hundred percent. Egyptian King, Andy Rabo at thirty-five. I don't know. I really don't know. And obviously, the whole positive side of things and what he can bring is experience. I like all that, but touting himself for a move at any particular point in his career when he thinks it's time to come up to Celtic isn't for me a great look. Definitely, definitely not. I, I think we should be aiming the same people who fits into the plan for Postecoglou. We've seen loads of. Premier League players come up at the end of their careers. Dion Dublin, Carton Cole, just the kind of it's like a tech box, tech box exercise. The last payday to pay for a big club, the biggest club the majority of them ever play for, if we're honest. And again, Patrick McLaughlin, I don't like old pals act when Ian Wright, Dion Dublin, a hundred percent. It just doesn't doesn't go right. Ian Wright was absolutely terrible for us. I don't remember him that well, but looking at his stats and his goals and that, and like it's just that's something. That kind of appeals to me. And if Franny was here, we would have moved on to the Scotland game where he didn't feature and Alistair Tag, Andy Robertson overhyped. I don't know about that. Don't know about that, Alistair. I think he has something about him. Obviously, Thomas League winner, he's came through a lot in his career, Queen of the Queen's Park, Dundee, all them types of things. So you have to kind of give him give him credit for that. Robertson is fiddles for fiddle at 28 and get into his prime. Yeah, maybe he's going to his prime at the moment, but his prime will be at Celtic. We can absolutely be certain about that in terms of if we'll get him when he's 32, 33 and it doesn't appeal to me at all and Kenny to round it off and will decide on club signings 100% and we'll move swiftly on to kind of wrap up the show and that's Scotland their game against Ukraine thought it was good I mean you know my my thoughts on it like personally international football doesn't excite me even the Irish team doesn't excite me I know Scotland are playing them tomorrow at Hamden I've seen that interview by the way if you haven't seen it on Open Open goal or, or off the ball with Darren O'Dea, who was talking about his coaching career at Celtic, what he hopes to achieve, and basically confirm what we all know that Celtic, the reserve and first team are linked, and Postacolu's acting as like the de facto director of football to kind of link that and bridge that gap, which is fantastic. And But the Scotland, they played fantastic well. The one 3 0, Dick scored twice, two headed goals. Offer something different for me with Shea Adams. Can Shea Adams can run the channels and that, but physicality we've seen Dykes in Scotland he can bully defenders and he, he's certainly done that and John McGinn I think he's one that got away from Sadly Football Club we should have paid that extra extra what was it 500 grand someone may correct me and then <laughs> Monty comes in good luck Ireland Alistair Tack 2-1 Ireland and then this is interesting what about Tierney coming back now the thing with Tierney if he comes back I'll know he can back and at a decent part of his career, he's not going to use his, as a an end of retirement plan, so to speak. And he has the the difference that he's played for us. He's been successful, and we all love him. So there's a big difference already. 
Robertson featured for us as a kid, never made the big breakthrough, which is why I had to leave. So it's quite different from that side of things. Anthony Dunn, yes, your boy Jude was a lucky mascot at Hampton on Wednesday, hoping for a similar result tomorrow. Again, didn't really care where it goes, to be honest with you. Ireland don't excite me. Scotland, I'll watch the game. I definitely will enjoy the Ukraine game, but sadly, go to the team I want to see. Stephen, great podcast. That's me myself now, going solo, but sure. Um, no comment on the Tartan Army booing. I see. Again, it's it's all subjective, isn't it? You hear what you want to hear. We all know the media and the kind of organisations are in Scottish football, who they're run by, what they're represented by. So you're not going to hear that kind of narrative. You, if you hear a boo or a squeal outside of a, a Celtic game, it's going to be going to be chaos. It's going to be statement after statement. Club needs punished, blah, blah, blah. But to the t- the top it all off, 3-0 victory, going into the Irish game. I think if you win this, is it cemented? You're finishing top or confirming a, a playoff place or something for the, the Euros coming up, which would be fantastic. John McGinn, as I said, unbelievable. I think he he's the guy the Celtics should have splashed out on, 100%. I don't know what you think. I just I really think that he offers you something different. That arse of his is incredible. It's like an asset of itself, excuse the pun. Um, but he's the way he takes the ball in, albeit he's not flashy or he's full of tricks or he's trying to be to the next big thing. He even said that himself. If he didn't have his arse, he'd be a Yeovil time. <laughs> so... The way he does plays the game for me is brilliant. The way he holds the ball up, he's, his goal contributions for Scotland, I think it's 19 goal, goal contributions in his last time for many games. Absolutely fantastic, albeit he hasn't hit the, the ground running in terms of what he can provide for Aston Villa. But sure, we know he's managing them, so I don't really care. Um, going back to Michael Ross here, anti-Catholic, anti-Aries, 100% agree with you on that. The, the thing is, if Aries fans being sorry, the Scots will be number three. So you can never really win. And then Alfley corrects me here. Only win the group if we win tomorrow and Ukraine's drop points, mate. We'll probably all go down to the final game. Uh, well, fair enough. I mean, I hope you do well. Um, McGinn was a massive mistake. Totally agree. I think McGinn, he would have added that that season, especially, he would have brung so much. He was fantastic for Hibs. And I still think if I go back to the previous seasons, Stuart Armstrong, for me, is a midfielder we we found hard to replace or hard to, to kind of find that replacement whether it's one player who could do it or two players who could do his jobs because I thought he was dynamic I thought he could hold the ball I thought he could take players on if his imagination was fantastic that goal at Inverness the free kick where he just fought himself to do that absolutely brilliant and then again for me could have been that guy he can hit long range goals he could take the ball in play the ball spread it as well and he, for me his best position I don't know what you all think I think he's a, a number 8 I don't get why he's played in the 10 row I think he can be box to box. He can offer both ends of the pitch. The number 10 really, he's a bit awkward. He receives the ball back into play instead of facing it, which he says himself he likes more and being more kind of just looking at what's in front of him, what he can pick out and stuff like that. When you, when you play him at 10, I don't know if it's a lack of what Scotland have at 10. They've got Christie can play there, Ryan Fraser come in and stuff like that. But I think it's incredible. And then Anthony Dunn, I'll jump on for 10 minutes, but see if you plan solo. No, it's, it's all right. I'm going to wrap up here in two to three minutes. It's just because the, his wee kid was crying, so you can't really do nothing about that. Um, but yeah, Patrick McLaughlin, McGinnis said a Turnbull would have been better. I, if you if you look at it, the facts, I mean, Turnbull offers for me what McGinn kind of lacks, and that's going to, he can take the ball in, in the back and kind of do that 360 pivot and find a pass where 
I think McGinn operates better where he can see what's happening in front of him and he can kind of run onto the ball and pick a pass or he can shoot and he can score fantastic goals. We've all seen that. And then Monte, just to think, boys and girls, McGinn wanted to come to Celtic. Ivan Tony was in the building. Neither deal concluded. Oh, incredible. Ivan Tony got called up there to the England team. Fair enough, like, incredible strike. He was at Lennox Town and we, we ended up going for Albany Eddie and Mantle. But yeah, just to turn, turn your all attention to Sunday. Now, we've been live the Monday, the Thursday, the Friday, and we're going live on Sunday with Mr. Anthony Dunn and another one of his fantastic Champions League rewinds. Now, this is the time for us to, to celebrate and look back the seasons going by, group stages, things like that. We will be going back to the 03-04 Champions League campaign, Hamrick Larson's final season, I believe. And then, if I look at it as well, there's so many different talking points that we're going to touch upon, if I can quickly find it. So, for example, his final season, the qualifiers against MTK Hungary, Canoes, the group stage, Leon Byrne, Anderlecht, and also a, a nice tribute to Liam Miller, a fantastic footballer whose life was took oh so early and wish his family well and his friends as well. But it'll be a great show. We're going live at 11 o'clock. I'm on and hopefully William's on and Mr. Anthony Dunn is going to host that one. So 11 o'clock on Sunday, Champions League Rewind, 03, 04. That'll be great if you can all join us. And then Brian Sapke's taker as well, 100%. But Aye, Tony is a star. Great, 100%, but he's not at us, so we kind of move on from that, don't we? <laughs> and then now Sport of Scots, they get around McTomley. Yeah, I think McTomley's woeful, I do really think. But just to kind of round off, me flying solo, with my way, and you guys in the comments. Until Sunday, stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel.